Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 134 of the High Sensitivity Podcast, and thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-hosts. My name is Craig. It is middle of beginning of November, middle of game season, and it's so hot. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I turned on my it's AC definitely. today. It's I had so to literally hot. turn on my AC. Yeah. Mine is still running. Um, my name, my name is Craig. It is the beginning of November. And if you think this podcast is going to say anything about God of War, we probably will. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we probably will. And what we're going to guarantee that we talk about on this podcast, at least is the news. Let's go. <laughs> so first up, on, f- first up on mine is, and I guess we'll just go and get this out of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. the God of War Ragnarok is the second coming. Like, I don't want to say of yes. Christ. Uh, it's well. like the sec- it's like the second coming of the greatest game ever created at this point. Uh, sitting yeah. at a 94 on Metacritic, getting 10s and 9s throughout. Uh, everywhere yeah. is talking about this game. And I think for the most part, uh, this podcast couldn't be more excited for Wednesday to come along. Oh and my God. Yep. it's, it's going to be a wild ride. I can't wait for the spoiler cast we do on this game. So it's going to be oh, a yeah. lot of fun. I'm a... Uh... I'm a little nervous that we're going to get like overhyped for it. I don't, I don't know. You don't man. think so? I, I, I agree. Think, it's I just think like we'll have the proper hype. I think we have the proper hype. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've watched like four reviews, video reviews so far, and everyone is like literally like this is the greatest game ever made, one of the greatest games ever, and I'm just like that's awesome and I'm super excited, but like now I'm just like man, am I going to go into it and be like the smallest thing and be like, well, this sucks. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm happy it's getting the praise that I'm sure it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they one thing that know. one thing about like the video reviews that I'm noticing, and I guess that I'm a little worried about is they're all talking about how the combat systems evolved. But mm-hmm. every time I look at the gameplay of the combat system, it looks like the original, which that's nothing mm-hmm. bad about it. I loved the original combat, but you know, we talk about how in the second game we want the combat to evolve. So I guess not to like get it in my hands will I know how it feels for it and to sure. see whether or not this combat is actually even better than what God of War 2018 was it or was it 16? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah, so, so God of War 2018, you know, his combat system was. So th- that's that's like the part that I'm most concerned about. Just because it seems like they streamlined a lot of the armor system from what from the reviews I saw, and the story, I I wasn't worried about the story. Santa Monica, no, no. Santa Monica knows what they're doing. It's more or less the combat system is what I need to see how how it evolves. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm the kind of person that if it doesn't have too many different things, I'm not gonna really chastise it because they've they found what really works. Um, in sequels you do always want to see something evolve but uh craig now that you do mention it i'm a little maybe worried because like we're, we're walking into this thing like it's essentially disney world and yeah i know the next podcast that we do it's just going to essentially be a, a god of war podcast but yeah. um which i have no problem with but i really hope that when we switch on our our playstations or xboxes or well, sorry, when we just turn on our systems and put it on that, it's really not going to like small things, not disappoint. Right. right. 
Also, I would like to say, and I don't know if they did this intentionally or not, but I'm going to, in the back of my mind, say that they did. Um, I appreciate them releasing it on a Wednesday so that if they would have released it on a Tuesday, everybody would have played God of War and not went and voted. So I appreciate them releasing it on a Wednesday and also not releasing it on a Friday so that I feel like yeah. I have to play a million hours just so we can talk about it when we record. So we got plenty of time to dive into yeah. it this week. You want to know who doesn't care about voting? Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> not, they do not. <laughs> and again, I don't even know if that's why they did it. I'm just assuming that's why. Um, but yeah, I guess, poor Sonic Frontiers, man. They're going to get completely forgotten about this week. I'm yeah, excited. Definitely. I'm actually excited for that game. So we'll see what happens here. Next up on my list is going to be uh, Stray and its unique adopting opportunity. So how this is working, and I just thought this was really clever, is in there, uh, like, it's all about adopting kittens. And apparently they've somehow worked into the game where streamers on Twitch will be able to play as kittens that you can adopt from this certain adopting agency. And... I put down all the names here. Uh, I has Cupquake, which I know Cupquake. I know I know that streamer. But like Snapnap, Shipwrecked, Abram Engel, Daydream TV, Nicole Tompkins, and Ricky Chu are all like streamers that are going to be doing this and kind of oh. playing as these other avatars of cats that you can download. They're calling this a game-based adoption uh, <laughs> oh, thing. Wow. I just looked at the press release. I just think it's really cool and really and like I want to award by saying how like creative this is to get people to like adopt cats from this certain adoption agency, you know, have them play the the cat in the game. You know, you get to see the mm -hmm. cat, you know, get have it jump around and stuff and see how, you know, fun it looks. I'm not sure how they were able to like mod stray and get it to and get it to have these unique avatars for you know the cats that are in the adoption center but for a good cause here i think it's outstanding that they can do something like this and that you know the stray developers also seem to have it have its back just really really awesome adopting opportunity if you're interested in watching it it's going to be happening november 9th that's really cool yeah, that's fantastic. We already knew that the team that uh, on Stray specifically, like the the main cat was modeled after somebody's cat on the team. Like there was a lot of things that they have already done that really showed that they were pro cat. But like just this just kind of adds a lot more. And it's uh, uh, that's a, a really like you can't help but clap for something like that because that's really just admirable. It's an it's an admirable cause. And um, the fact that there are so many streamers on board with it too and willing to do something that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, and hopefully some cats get adopted out of this. I think that'd be a really cool opportunity yeah. for, for them. Uh, next up for me is going to be the last of us. HBO is coming a lot sooner than we expected. January 15th is the premiere date. And wow. I think it's one, I think it's smart on their part because you haven't heard anything from HBO since, house of dragons has ended so mm -hmm. i think it's just best for them and i know people are watching the white lotus i've never watched it but um i think it's a good idea for them to like constantly have like their like a big franchise come and like have a big tv show for it and the last of us for hbo coming out january 15th is sooner than i expected and also just good to hear 
Uh, there were yeah. so many things that, you know, we had House of Dragons and or uh, Rings of Power. Like there are so many good shows compacted on one another. That it's really hard to watch them all. And the fact that it sounds like The Last of Us HBO series is coming out January 15th. It's probably going to be separate from a lot of other shows going on at the time. Good for them if they want to get new subscribers, but also just good for consumers who are having struggling watching everything all the time. That's my main issue. Yes. Yeah. I I'm ready to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, 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 I can only yeah, I don't know. Time. I just have no faith. Yeah. I want it to be great, but I there hasn't really been a great video game adaption yet. So until that happens, I'm always going to be super pessimistic about anything related to video games. Maybe this is the one, but like I'm going to go into it expecting it to be not great. And hopefully I'm wrong. What would you say to the people who um, argue like the earlier seasons of Witcher, like as like the perfect or great video game adaptation? I didn't like that show at all. Mm. Um, I, I mean, that could be one you could point to, I guess. I don't know. Castlevania could be another one. Ca- Castlevania, Castlevania is yeah. awesome. Castlevania is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I do want to say too because people will say, well, "What about Cyberpunk Edge Runners?" Barry loves that anime. Yeah. Um, while it is, <laughs> well, 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 well. <laughs> w- uh, while while it is heavily inspired by Cyberpunk, it is not the Cyberpunk game. It is an original branching story off of it. Where The Last of Us, I think, is looking to maybe retell the fir- the events of the first game with probably a couple other side story type things. Probably is what I have to guess. Yeah. And then lastly, I know Craig and I will be teaming up on this is going to be the PSVR two announcement coming out February 22nd with a hefty price tag of five hundred forty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Before I get into devil's advocate of things, Craig, go ahead. Yeah, you're going to go the pro. <laughs> All right. We, we already talked about this a while ago about the price, right? And we all agreed that like it cannot be more than the system. It it just yeah. can't. And they did it anyway. And I, here's how I look at it. 549 is too much money. And then the $600 one, which is the one you want cuz that comes with the Horizon yeah. uh game, right? Like the little pack in mm-hmm. for $600 uh way overpriced and you still have to plug it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be fine, but I'm still looking at like back there, my Oculus, which was two ninety nine, is completely wireless. It can play 95% of the games that this PlayStation VR will. And the only ones I won't be able to play are like, I'm sure the horizon one will be fun, but what is that? Like a two, three hour experience more than likely. Um, I just, I think they're killing themselves doing this because people, Still can't you still can't readily go into a store and buy a a PS5. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. And then to think that like it's so it's going to be even harder to try to find the VR, I think. And on top of that, like so you're looking at uh, what over a thousand dollars to do the PSVR. There's other VRs around that price range that are heads and tails better than this is. I Mm -hmm. it just makes no sense to me whatsoever. Go ahead. Am Give I, me the positives. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to mention just real quick before you go into the positives, Barry, my wife and I are still trying to land our first VR set and we've been t going back and forth between Oculus versus the uh, PlayStation VR. And like this type of announcement does not sway us towards <laughs> the PlayStation one. Barry, your positives might sway us. I don't know. Like, you, know, so, you might give us that. Go ahead, PR ahead. guy. So Craig is yeah. right in considering that I am going to compare it to the MetaQuest Pro. Right. Uh, first off, uh, what we're looking at here, and this is just some of the details of it. The PSVR 2 has a L uh, OLED HDR screen, so mm -hmm. it is a higher quality screen than the MetaQuest Pro. That is just an LCD. It How has higher resolution. Uh, this is $1,499? Yeah, $1,500. $1,500. So a higher refresh rate as well at 120 mm -hmm. and 90 hertz, where the MetaQuest Pro is just 90 hertz. Better field of view as well with 110 compared to 105 on the Pro. And then we kind of get into a lot of the same other stuff here with the other, uh, with the Pro headset. Now, again, the price, $1,500 for the MetaQuest Pro where if you are considering a PlayStation system and the price of a PSVR 2 is still going to be less than the MetaQuest Pro. Now, you still have one cable yep. uh, that you have to connect to the system. With that as well, it is a single USB-C cable that connects to the PlayStation, where the MetaQuest Pro is wireless. So... Mm -hmm. You know, take that with what you will here. Um, I, I, I do believe that the PSVR is very expensive, considering that it is more expensive than the console itself. But I think what PlayStation is going for here is similar to what the MetaQuest Pro offers. It is going to be a very premium, high, um, high quality VR system. Now. You also need to keep in mind that the PSVR 2, like, for example, with Beat Saber, you most likely will not be able to mod it like you right. can with Beat Saber on PC. Um, there you will be playing within the restrictions of PSVR 2 and hoping that PlayStation offers a good enough support for <laughs> the PSVR yeah. 2, where yep. we have seen with failing systems, take, for example, the Vita. You know, not a lot of, uh, you know, in my experience, not a lot of PlayStation branded games came out for that. That was essentially a JRPG dumping system is what that was. <laughs> and I'm a JRPG guy. And that's so it's saying yeah. something. Uh, so we we have seen how they will kind of not support the system as much as you'd hope. And that's something you need to take in consideration, because with the MetaQuest Pro, you have the entire team of Facebook and Oculus, which has been absorbed into Meta for right. mm -hmm. uh, for it. So you kind of need to look and see what works for you. But I think much to uh, like what Craig was saying is that, yes, the price tag is high, but I think Sony is doing this on purpose because when it comes to spec wise, it is on par or if not better in some aspects than the MetaQuest Pro. Now you They're, do have the you do have the right. operating system for the Pro, which right. is like you're able, you know, you're supposed to be able to sit on one computer screen and have the VR headset create multiple windows for you while you're doing it. And that sounds insane. And from what I'm seeing, it is mm. possible. The PS yeah. VR isn't going to get that kind of operating system. 
Um, also, one, I don't think very many people are going to buy the the meta at all, right? I think that's way too expensive as well. But the one of the big selling points of that was the facial tracking as well, um, as opposed to like the Oculus, which is what Barry, you and I both have, and this yeah. is awesome. Um, this is supposed to fully track your your face, your facial movements, all of that. Um, which I don't know if the PSVR two is doing or not. I didn't really see any answer one way or the other. Um, and it could be, I don't know. Um, but I know like that's one of the major selling points of the meta was like facial tracking and they were even trying to push like, you know, accurate facial recognition for teams calls. First of all, nobody's doing teams calls in an Oculus. Let's just get that out there. No, no company is using that, but I, I don't see the Oculus, the meta quest doing well either i think fifteen hundred dollars is insane um and i i can't imagine very many people at all besides streamers and people who have insanely high amounts of disposable income are going to be picking that up when you can get the oculus for 300 or whatever and it play almost every single game anyway yeah, it seems like just representative again of what how much money you're willing to spend for right. the product that you're getting, which is essentially what it is. Um, that spec read, Barry, was actually pretty interesting when you were comparing it to like the higher priced MetaQuest. But I don't know. Uh, I find myself in a unique position because I am trying to acquire VR, and there are different options. There is the economic option. There is the new option. There is the Holy, I'm an astronaut option as well, you know, or at least making astronaut money. Um, So I like the comparisons and um, I like other people out there. I think this is a very interesting landscape to be able to choose from, to be honest, you know? Yeah, for sure. Many options. Yeah, just keep keep it in mind. Uh, And then one thing as well is because it did not support it the last one. This one does do 4K HDR support. So where with the PS4, if you had the box connected to it, it wasn't (laughs) passing through the checkerboard 4K stuff. There's nothing like that in this particular case. Mm. Your whatever box you end up having to hook up to this thing to get it to work and connect, it will also support the 4K HDR pass through up to the PS5. So you aren't losing anything like you were with the original PlayStation, which is a much, much smarter choice in my eyes. Most definitely. But that's it for news for me, which uh, 20 minutes of Barry news. Let's get into everybody else's. (laughs) I want to, I'll stay with PlayStation here. Um, Something I thought was interesting is PlayStation plus, which we have kind of gone back and forth on for a couple months now uh, has lost 1.9 million subscribers so far since its inception again not surprised because they're not updating it like they should be they are updating i don't want to say they're not putting anything on there but not very much uh and not that much that i think is that interesting um more than i thought though i mean i still have mine but it's because i forget to cancel it and i just let it auto renew all the time um (laughs) but 1.9 million is a lot i'd like to know what the like the all-encompassing amount is of how many people actually have it but that's got to be a considerable amount. Yeah, do they ask you that classic question of like why you're canceling? Because I would love to see what demographic <laughs> has the most answer. Like, like yeah. what answer is is uh, listed the most? Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's if becoming they do or not. stale. 
Yeah. It's becoming stale is what it is. Like the honeymoon phase is over. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, of gamers, clearly over a million, have not seen enough return to be able to keep a, a service like that. It's it seems like I feel like Netflix has this issue sometimes, especially right after they raise their prices, because people are like, why are you dropping the office and and you're yeah. still raising prices or like whatever show they like? But, you know, as a personal gamer, if I could share something with you and everybody who's listening, I, uh, you know, I don't pay attention to PlayStation Plus anymore. Like I have to actively while a game's downloading or something, go right. in and look like, you know what I pay attention to now? What's Game Pass got? Like I'm on my Game Pass app now on my phone and yeah, I'm a new Game Pass person, but the honeymoon phase of that has also ended because I got that in like January. So like both are just not new anymore to me. But yeah. what's more, um, what gives me a better return as a gamer tends to be Game Pass at least still right now, as opposed to what PS Plus can offer because still the games that they release for free you know those three that they do every month is something either that i've already bought years ago yep <laughs> ages yep. ago or it's a third party game that i'm never going to play because it's not my style but i still put it in my library because i'm a game hoarder <laughs> because i knew what it was like to grow up with only one game at a time yeah you know what i mean so yeah like, yep yeah i think it, i think the reason yeah, I was Go gonna ahead. say. I think the reason that like we know it's slowing down is because it can't compete with Game Pass in a way. Like Game Pass, and and the main thing here is there's two different approaches. Sony is banking on the fact that you want to play their older games, and Xbox is banking on the fact that you want to play the new games coming out. Mm -hmm. And in the end, of course, it makes complete sense that uh, Game Pass is going to be better because a majority of gamers are looking to play the newer games. There isn't some, you know, I, I'm uh, I'll be extreme here. There isn't some seven year old looking to play the original Parappa the Rappa or right. the original <laughs> Sly Cooper. That yeah. seven year old is looking to play the newest game that his friends are playing, whether it's and I'll use seven year old games, for example, like Slime Rancher 2 or, you know, any of the other, you know, kind of friendly games there. Or you have, you know, young, young teenage gamers who probably aren't looking to play, you know, the older PlayStation games either. They're looking to play whatever new games are coming out. Take, for example, Plague Tale Requiem, uh, Stalker. Like, that is what Xbox has been consistently doing. Yeah. It's putting out new games, whether they're first party or not, and allowing, you know, a majority of gamers... Yeah, of course. It's like, I'm a PlayStation guy, and it's clear that Game Pass is, like, the better deal because you're getting newer games out of it, where... Mm -hmm. The, the back catalog, like, I'll be honest, th there's not a lot of times where I go, oh, yeah, I want to play an older Xbox or an older PlayStation game. Because sure. one, like, they show their age for sure. Yeah. And two, you just run into the fact that, like, the games probably either aren't optimized for it either. Like, it's just, like, kind of a throw yeah. on here. Because the only person, the only thing that does well with its, like, retro library is Nintendo. Yep. Because those are the yeah. games that I grew up playing. I, you know, I'll go back to Nintendo and play Pokemon Puzzle League, which still holds up to this day as, you know, one of the most frantic puzzle games I've ever played. <laughs> so, yeah. it, um, you know, like you have Sony that's stuck in, it doesn't want to bring first party games to PlayStation because they believe it's going to bring down their revenue. Yep. 
and they just continue to upload old games. There was just a post the other day that for Ratchet and Clank's anniversary, I think they put up your five arsenal. Games. They put yeah, five like, Ratchet and Clank games. Yep. Yeah, and it's like I don't know who's excited for that. Some some super <laughs> Ratchet and Clank fans, sure, I, right. I guess. But that's not anything I'm looking forward to. One, because I've probably played most of those games in my youth, and two, they're not going to hold up to the <laughs> no. to to my yeah. to my spoiled, you know, 2020 21 or I. That's when that game came out. Like the newest Ratchet and Clank mm-hmm. came out. Like, so it's the, like you don't get you don't get it. But here's the question, Barry. Like, when does PlayStation realize? that the revenue that they think they're losing for not putting on new games equals or surpasses losing, what was it, 1.9 million subscribers? Yeah, at what, like $18 a month? Let's 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 get a calculator out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like put, put your best math, best math per people on it yep. and figure out what is the lesser of two evils because, like, I can make a guess and I'm not nearly in a business or graduated with a business degree or anything like that. I could kind of guess which one because we know how subscriptions benefit any company we companies live on subscriptions now yep. you know like that's the revenue making thing is people like us forgetting to, to not like yeah. cancel not cancel <laughs> so. yeah every time i get the email it's like thanks for your payment i'm like ah oh, uh, i just got man. it today actually here's the thing that i was kind of thinking of too when you look up the the biggest demographic of gamers right now right and the biggest demographic right now is the age of 30 to 35. That's where the most gamers are right now. And I know there's a lot below that, but that's just according to whatever's out there. That's literally what they say. 30 to 35 is the biggest gaming demographic. So that demographic, which is like my age range, I'm a little past that now, but um, they wanted from PlayStation. Yeah, you're not. So you're, you're, you're okay. We're not, but here's the thing. We, what we wanted from PlayStation Plus was a lot of people wanted that original PlayStation and PlayStation 2 catalog, right? So all they have to do is keep tapping into that, but they're not. There's games out there, like every time I look, like you look on a Reddit post and you'll always see people like, give me Legend of Dragoon on PlayStation 1. I want to play that again. Give me Mega Man Legends. Give me all the Final yes. Fantasies. You know what I mean? Like all the originals from PlayStation that are just waiting for them to put on there that people are going to play that they just instead like, what was this past this month? It was like Lego Harry Potter is what they put on there and two other games. Right. And those games are fine. But the problem that I have is I look at those. I'm like, those games are great, but they've been on game pass for months and years sometimes. Right. So like you're too late. So tap into the difference that you have from Microsoft, which is that PS1 to PS2, even PS3 catalog, and get the ones that people want. Give me the, yeah. give me a Dino Crisis. Um, I'm just like going through my head of PlayStation 1 games and PlayStation 2. There's a lot yeah, of I'll JRPGs. Be- uh, the Dot yeah. Hack series. Where's that at? Put that on there. I'd play that again. Um, yeah. I don't. Dino Saga. Yes. You know, Saga is a great <laughs> yeah. one. Um, I'm, I'm with you on Mega Man Legends. Mega Man Legends, I still want to play, and you can't find that anywhere. It's I have not it. a good game, but I want to <laughs> play it. <laughs> I'll never get rid of that. I will hold on to that till the day I die. And I played amazing. that on stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I will admit, like you did mention Lego Harry Potter, I will mention, too, the other games were Neo 2 for both PS5 and PS4. Which I just and bought. Heavenly, and Heavenly Bodies <laughs> for PS4 and PS5 as well. <laughs> 
sure. just so that heavenly bodies sure whatever yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. um all right yeah i don't want to like harp on it forever but it's just annoying um well, yeah well just like the one the, the other one thing i wanted to call out about this is that so the way sony thinks and they're not wrong in this particular case, especially considering God of War Ragnarok and how well it's reviewing. Mm-hmm. Their first party games are system sellers. And yep. I don't think Xbox really has that as of nope. the moment. They're working on it, but they like Sony's thinking is the re and the reason they don't put it on, you know, their streaming platforms is, yes, they lost one point nine. But they're thinking, imagine all the people who are buying PS fives because of God of War Ragnarok and eventually buy another game and eventually subscribe to PlayStation Plus whether it's one of the three tiers. So like that's that's what I think is what Sony's I, yeah, Sony's doing with that. I'm not Can a I business major either, but that just makes sense. Yeah. Can I ask you both a question? Is it stupid that you just like made me think of something Barry there? Is it stupid for I don't know if this is a cop out, but is it stupid for PlayStation to look at what microsoft is doing and release a game on their platform that's similar to what's released on game pass and like to use something in a retro aspect should they have released uh plague tale for free for premium users because they saw microsoft do it at this point they're at these at these at this point these two giants are just mimicking each other or completely shunning each other so like, yeah. should they have like a test run where they do something like that? Because that's not Requiem is not a system seller, so yeah. they can leave like God of War. Well, they can leave all the stuff out of it. You know, Microsoft so, owns that though, so I don't. Yeah, think they th- yeah, th- that yeah, oh, that's, that's right. that is a yeah. different. That is a particular case where it's a little you know different, right? Okay. Uh, in this, in that one. Yeah, I is don't think a, Microsoft it, would let them. <laughs> is there a game? that you guys could see where they should test that out. Like if they Spider-Man. just so happen. I, I, the next Spider-Man, right? That's rumored supposed to be coming out soon. I think that's it. Day one PlayStation plus premium Spider-Man. No, they won't do it, but that's what they yeah. should do. Yeah. But it's it, like in their eyes, Spider-Man is also the console selling. Game. Sure it is. So but you're still going to get money. $18 a month. They're thinking out like, all right, we're going to sell 4 million copies of Spider-Man, whatever. It might be more than that, but like at $70, that's a lot of money. Or you could sell 4 million subscriptions at $18 a month and people are going to, I would say at least half of those will keep the subscription, whether yeah, they that's, forget to cancel or whatever. Yeah, that's what they have to hope for is that they keep right. their subscriptions, which I imagine they've probably done. A lot of people do. And people keep their Game Pass subscription because they make you want to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. PlayStation just doesn't care. <laughs> I just think I mean, the PlayStation Premium, the PlayStation Plus Premium is just going to is is going to die. You know, it's just going to die off and they're just going to be like, "Ah, here's a couple games we don't care anymore." They're and they're going to say because they didn't see the value in it when they're the ones who tanked the value. <laughs> but it's not their fault. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, all right. So another quick one here. That one, was, I said the PlayStation one was a quick one and it wasn't. Um, oh, Diablo, it was 4, <laughs> Diablo 4 is coming in April of next year now. Um, where I think yes. we're far enough away from the uh, scandal, right? I think the right people got 
kicked out the door. Microsoft's kind of in charge of this now, I guess. Um, are people excited for it again? Do you think? And do you think it drops on Game Pass day one? Oh my god, I hope so. Me too. <laughs> I think it I does. Think it will. I, I, I think, think it I will. I think so. it will. Yeah, and I think people I think are. So. I mean, I haven't heard anything recently from Blizzard. I, I feel like I would hope everything got worked out as far as workplace environment at this point. Yeah, it's been some time. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I have that I have to bring up, because this one really made me angry. Um, I don't know if either one of you have ever played Parasite Eve. Uh, Parasite Eve is another one that they should add on to PlayStation Plus Premium. That was for the PlayStation 1. Um, it was a horror slash RPG elements. Um, I loved Parasite Eve. And there were some leaks about Parasite Eve on the web. That got everybody excited that, hey, maybe we're going to get a remake, a remaster. Maybe we're going to get a new game. And Square decided instead to announce that, guess what? It's just a partnership with an NFT. Yay. Oh, <laughs> Way to be. I, I mean, NFT, I, I feel like is it's not dead, but right. I don't think it has the popularity that it did at this point. Um, what are they doing? Why? Just I would have taken a, a, a like a pinball machine or something, you know? Yeah. And now I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> Parasite Eve is a great game. Both of them, one and two. But yeah, to to get all that, get all worked up, and I was super excited then to hear that, that, that just ruined my week. That's all I got. All right, well, uh, got a couple of things. Um, they all kind of seem like small to medium. I'll just get the God of the War one out of the way because we already talked about God of War. I kind of yeah. should have just piggybacked it when you... <laughs> originally we're talking about god of war but they uh something came out that there is a going to be a midway checkpoint feature added to boss battles in this particular yes. game and then and i heard that and i just thought i just could picture one side's thought about it and i could picture like another side's thought about it and that's why i wanted to bring it up i wanted to hear what you guys thought i'm kind of excited um sure. in particular just because I'm at the point now with specific things. I got older fingers. I'm not the gamer I used to be. I'm 34. So sometimes my rigid, you know, ice icicle type fingers doesn't necessarily put the input that I want in. So it's kind of nice to get something like this, um, especially because it's a feature that seems to be you can turn on and off. Um, completely optional. So completely optional, which is something that this feature should be because for the hardcore gamers, streamers, things like that, they could just keep it off. But like for people just casually playing people, newcomers to the series, which I couldn't even picture being a newcomer to God of war, but anyway, a newcomer <laughs> to the series can turn it on if they want. I wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. I think it's a good option for everybody. Like for me personally, I just want gaming to be accessible to anybody yep. and everybody as much people as possible. So if this opens up the door for people to be able to like find the game easier and have more people access it, then it's a great feature. I'm glad it's I'm glad it's something you could turn on and off uh, just because like for me, I kind of want that experience of being able to beat the boss all the way through on one life. That's kind. Yep. it's kind of like a adrenaline rush type thing. Take, for example, Elden Ring or any of the Dark Souls games that would do that. So I think. On God of War's part, I think it's great. And one thing I will say, too, is the Sony first-party games have done a really excellent job of providing those accessibility features to people. Whether you're colorblind in some way, have trouble reading, 
need, you know, almost a different type of color scape in order to be able to comprehend the game for people like fantastic on Sony's part for the accessibility portion of things. Cause I've, I've seen all the great different graphics modes <laughs> that God of war is offering all the different difficulties, all the different ac- uh, accessibility options. And like, you know, they're just going above and beyond to making sure that this game is available and accessible to the people who want to play it. And I think that's in itself such a fantastic, fantastic thing for gaming. Yeah, I it being optional is great so that you have that choice. I think what happens is when you get older, um, I don't look down on playing a game on easy like I used to, um, because some games I'm like, I just want to play this game. But I don't want to spend, you know, out of a maybe a 15 hour experience, like eight of it just banging my head against certain parts that I just can't beat. So having the ability, any type of ability to checkpoint through a system or an easier drop down to an easier difficulty, I think is great. Um, I it just it I feel like it takes you a little while as a gamer once you get older to accept that, like hey, maybe I do play this game on easy or the one above easy so that I don't get so angry like I used to. Like, I don't play... I used to always play the Call of Duty campaigns on the hardest difficulty. I know better now. I know better that, like, I don't want to waste that time of my life and and get super angry, so I play it on normal, and it's a great Mm -hmm. experience. God of War is, like, a normal experience for me, unless it gets, like, crazy, and then maybe I bump it down. Um you know, I, I think all that stuff's great. I think the only place where it doesn't need to be is is a Dark Souls or an Elden Ring. I think, you yeah. know, that's what they go for. You know what you're getting into with that game. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, if I could have had a maybe four or five checkpoint system fighting the Valkyries in the, in the mm-hmm. last God of War, that would have been great. Oh, I'll use it if there's Valkyries again. You know I will. <laughs> yeah. oh <my> <laughs> I hate those things. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I'm traumatized. I bring them up, I think, every two months at a, <laughs> at a, at a minimum at yep. some point just because they have traumatized me. Um, but that's what I had for that. Uh, we did get some news from Remedy uh, because, uh, number one, Remedy has a bunch of games that are, that, that are on the docket. But Alan Wake 2 is on track to come out in 2023. I don't think yes. anything has changed with Jake Gyllenhaal being the face of that, which is really interesting to me um, that they can land somebody big like that, but they didn't give an exact date. It is nice that they did say 2023, but you know how the video game landscape is. We'll see if that gets pushed back to 2027, but like get pushed back six different times until it gets to 2027. We'll see. (laughs) Uh, But I thought that was nice. Are you guys excited for Alan Wake too? Alan Wake's one of my favorite games of all time. I never played the original or the remake. It's a game I'd like to play, and I and and I want to play. It's just a matter of getting through my thirty back backlogs of games. It's one of the greatest in. stories in a game ever written. Personally, that's what I think. Okay, that's so high praise. That's two, yeah, yeah, that is high praise. That's two who haven't, and this is the, this is like, you know, you know how many games Craig has played in his lifetime, and you know, like that's <laughs> it's always accessible. Yeah. It's right there. Always accessible. Yeah, that might have to be something. I don't even know when, because like I want to be ready for it. So I hope mm-hmm. they kind of release it in like the summer or something, so there could be a little bit of a log, but like, or a little bit of a, 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 a what do you call it? Like just like a, a enough time for me to get through some of them because like the beginning it's of twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, 
Exactly. And 2023, it has its own mess of games already coming out. <laughs> and then like smack dab in, into May, you got the second Zelda as well. So we'll see. But um, that's also coming out. And then there was an Atomic Heart, which is essentially like 60% Bioshock is what it looks like. But there's there's an Atomic Heart 10-minute boss battle that got released. And uh, as Barry pointed out earlier before we actually started recording, it, the boss <laughs> boss's name was like Hedgy or he- it was something like that. And it essentially was the bad robot at the end of The Incredibles. It looked exactly like it. It moved exactly like it. Uh, it, it has was, some um, of the same move set. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I saw the comparisons, I I couldn't help but laugh and smile because I was like, yeah. "You de- you could definitely tell there's been a game developer who finally gets to work on a boss battle, and he's like, finally, my chance <laughs> to make an the Incredibles, you know, yeah. robot ball uh, <laughs> thing. It looks really cool. It it really does. But I I can't help mm. but laugh because it 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 is. Yeah some of these moves are straight from the movie there's no hiding it you know it is it does it does look uh yeah what what you can take from it besides that is it looks quite polished um it looks from the from the boss battle video that you have like a separate input or some type of input to dodge to the side really quickly because that was all that person was doing i also appreciated the fact that whoever was doing that game died like seven or eight times in that 10 minute time frame. And it had a very, I don't know what the, the um, like when they died, they had kind of like a funny animation going that kind of reminded me of like a fallout kind of thing or something or like a Looney tune fallout thing. I don't know how I got that combination in my head, but it looks pretty cool. It got to show off a variety of weapons. It's showing us a boss that while very much the Incredibles robot uh, <laughs> has some complexity to beating it. And it kind of made me more excited about it. Still just has, it just bleeds Bioshock, which yep. can't go until wrong. We get it. I don't know until we get another one, I'll take Bioshock inspired yep. atomic heart. So that was pretty exciting to see come out as well. I think that's and, one of my most anticipated games for next year, honestly. Yeah. I may end up being just drastically disappointed, but like I have such hope for that. Yeah, it definitely flew up my list after watching that. Um it looks great. It yeah. looks great. It looks kind of terrifying at parts, but also like very very intense as well. Sure. So, it looks like it's going to be good. Yeah, maybe it's just the fact that like I'm still fresh off of Scorn, but I'm wait because like the the trailers for this game have also been a little weird, like yeah. with especially mm-hmm. with the two robots and what they're doing, <laughs> and I'm like waiting for like this, like it for it to get weird like Scorn. Like I'm waiting, for, I'm waiting <laughs> for that to happen in this. Hopefully, the story makes a little bit more sense and you know is at least somewhat digestible and yeah. has some inkling inkling of an ending. Uh, to to where scorn didn't but i i'm interested because it seems like one you know atomic heart seems to have that fun like bioshock gameplay portion of things but might have that really weird story aspect of scorn which i think is like something that could definitely be a lot more fun and definitely um a lot more involved than you know scorn is 
Yeah, I'm sure they'll nail the first person shooting a lot better than scoring. <laughs> yeah, please. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing I have, very quick, small update. There was a leak on the Hodeo Kojima game overdose. A little bit of a weird video because essentially you were watching the video through somebody, um, through somebody filming it on their computer screen. Yep. And the dude wasn't wearing a shirt in the background. So it was like, it was a very definition a of very, a true leak. Yeah, it was a definition of a true leak. What we saw was, I mean, you can't distinguish too much of it, but it did look like it had like a dark gameplay. I don't want to say Silent Hill too early, but what's the, um, what's that game with the, what's that scary game with the picture fatal frame? It looked like yeah. it had kind of like a fatal frame silent hill like esque type of thing going so if he's working on something well if, if that's what we're seeing already it's real early and it was kind of grainy footage yeah but um it wasn't like craig said it was literally the definition of a leak <laughs> dictionary yeah. yep but that did get uh leaked this week so i thought that was pretty interesting just to kind of see that as well yeah yeah, I did want to mention, too, about the Hideo Kojima is that he has come out on Twitter with how many people have like they've been apparently getting ridiculous offers to buy his studio uh, for it. But he continues to come out and say he's never going to let anybody buy his studio. Um, he wants to continue making games, but wants to make games that he wants to make. He doesn't want to be tied down to whatever <laughs> Xbox or PlayStation, you know, wants yeah. to wants to pay for them. So good on Hideo. I think that's a good way to do it, because let's be honest, he makes games like Nothing yeah. we've ever played before. Who would have yep, thought exactly. Death Stranding was a UPS delivery simulator? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in a way. So a I, I can appreciate. I can appreciate someone who makes a gigantic game like Metal Gear Solid, and then it's just like I'm going to do something completely different. And then yeah. we get Death Stranding, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm going to do something completely different again." Like that's so cool yeah. to me that I may not like Death Stranding, but like I I like just going for it something new yeah it's cool it was def definitely a reach and you can't compare it to any other game no. that's that's saying something he's got an imprint there he does so with that being all the news let's go ahead and get into the games this week and games. for me it's going to be a complete you know retrospective and review on call of duty modern warfare 2 the 2022 version and bayonetta 3 how about you guys um i have Stuck to my gun still on finishing games. I finished Gotham Knights and I played a whole bunch of Bayonetta as well. You guys are going to hate me. So <laughs> I am. Well, I'm sticking to my guns as well. I had a quite a busy week. So really what I was able to get done was just more Gotham Knights. Sweet. And and just more Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope because I just refuse. Like I want to give all of these other games I have to play. Um, Requiem, all of those, like some actual time. And then God of War is looming too. So I didn't yeah. want to start anything. That's so. fair. That makes sense. Give us, give us that Call of Duty impression now. So Call of Duty, I now have put a ton of time into multiplayer, a ton of time into campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, I am with you. This is one of the better campaigns they did. Yep. I'm not particularly happy about the particular missions in campaign that have mm -hmm. us rummaging for supplies. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> not good. Yeah, they're not good. And like the ending, how it ends as well, you're kind of forced to do that again. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm 
but I do like the way they're going with kind of ghost and soap having a connection of yeah. some sort here. Probably why he wears the red mask in the DLC or the founders edition of the game. Yep. I do like that we're seeing a younger price. I like that, you know, at the end of it, we finally get a big lead up to what, you know, Modern Warfare 3 is going to be about as well, because I kept waiting for the name drop. It never happened until the credits yeah. there. I I really like the campaign. I'm not happy in some aspects. Like, I know they want to do all gillied up. I know they keep trying to get there. Yep. But... Like, it's always I found myself frustrated in that mission that they have, you know, a sniping in and walking around with price for because he'll tell me, oh, it's two and a half notches down. I take the shot and it doesn't hit like really? I'm not anywhere. Yeah. So and, and I, I made sure I was like two and a half notches down aiming everything and like I would shoot and it's not hitting. And then I would try to hit the next guy still not hitting. So. I ran into a little bit of that. I might suck. That is also a possibility <laughs> as well. I'm not going to take that out of out it's of not, contention. It's not a there. possibility. <laughs> so it's a guarantee. So that's where I am with campaign um, multiplayer. I love the gameplay of multiplayer. Uh, mm -hmm. It is really solid. It reminds me of old Call of Duty. It is fast paced, a little bit slower on the ground, but time to kill feels quick. Uh, they reward you, you know, for um, whichever play style you want to go for. The only thing I have to say is I do feel like we're a little light on maps. If I'm playing with friends, I am playing maybe the same five maps mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over again. And then on top of that, too, the gunsmith system, I I'm not sure. Like, I guess we got spoiled with the system in the old modern warfares where I can get a you know here's a level up here's some coins get the guns you want to get where mm. I, i'm a big ebr guy and yes you get it right at the start of marksman rifles but if i want to try some of the other battle uh marksman rifles i now need to do some gun and assault rifle and get mm. that up to a certain level to get yep. it to where i want to go it's it's that kind of thing that i'm not the biggest fan of considering it used to be so easy it used to be, okay, I'm going to have this site, this muzzle, this, you know, everything you wanted to is at your fingertips, where now maybe we're spoiled in that we have to work more for it. I have to I have to play with the next battle rifle with no attachments for a little while yes. before I can yeah. have a scope. Um, I have to yep. play with it for a little while before you can have any sort of, you know, extended magazine or anything like that. So... I'm kind of like bouncing back and forth between it because like it forces you to get good with that gun. Like if you can be good with the gun with no attachments, when you start putting on attachments, I think you start to see yourself get better with the gun, especially mm -hmm. like even a red dot sight definitely yeah. makes a huge difference. Oh my so God, yeah. that like that's where I'm at with multiplayer. I, I am having a ton of fun with the game and I'll still continue to have a lot of fun with it. But that there's some aspects of multiplayer that I think they still continue to have to, they should be growing and maybe should have been, uh, should have had more maps at the start, I believe, and maybe should have made the system a little bit easier when it came to getting the guns you wanted. That reminds me of something that Craig and I said, that Craig said to me the last time that we played, go ahead, Craig. No, like, no, go ahead. You, no, it was, it was essentially what Barry said. You know, you were speaking about like how there's different bodies to go with each gun. 
Yep. And then you have to kind of like play that particular body just to unlock more of something completely different sometimes, like another gun. Right. Um, and, you know, like having to play without attachments just to progress that much is a little demoralizing because the game is is unforgiving anyway. At least the people playing the game. Your opponents yep. are unforgiving already. <laughs> And then for you to like advance a gun and then all of a sudden in order for you to get something that is a little bit more what you want to play, have to do an entirely different gun, maybe not even your style um, in terms and then without attachments. And then you have to get kills specifically because you guys saw what it's like when you level up a gun that you don't even use. Like, you know, like, I, yeah. you know, it's just like it's it's bad. It takes a, a long time. So, you know, uh that's basically what I wanted to interject, but you just Barry, you essentially reminded me of something Craig said when we were playing Call of Duty together. It literally was yeah. that, you know. I, I think, I think obviously what they're doing is everybody always is like, I want to get that uh, like obsidian camo, right? Which is like you platinumed every single weapon in the game to get that obsidian camo, and this is them being like, how can we make that process longer, right? <laughs> so you have to spend more time in the game which yeah. I, it's pretty obvious that's what they're doing. I think like I've stuck to since the game came out, like I found that second marksman rifle, which is a bolt action. And I loved it so much. I was like, I'm going to um, unlock all the attachments. I'm going to go for gold on this one first before I do anything else. So I got like the, the bodies, there's the different bodies. I went mm -hmm. through and I did all three bodies and I did leveled them all up to level 19. Um, and for me, like, I like seeing all that, uh, but it does take a while, right? Uh, like a good long while. What I have found, and like, I don't consider this a cheat. This is just like the way the game is designed. There's quicker ways to get through those gun levels. Um, and for me, it's like anything you do objective base wise, when you get points for that, it also goes towards your gun level. Um, so for me, I, I found it's super easy to level up guns now because I will equip decoy grenades. And when you get the little 15 XP, when it goes off near a, an opponent that goes to your gun, um, I play kill confirm. Cause when I pick up tags, that's 150 XP that goes right to my gun. So like my guns now are like leveling up super quick. Like I'll go up like two or three levels a game. Um, so it's not as much of a grind for me, but I do agree that like, I look at my ABR and I'm like, Oh, I just want a red dot. So I look for that body and I'm like, Oh, I have to get, uh, this random submachine gun to level 14 in order for me to have a red dot for my ABR. That doesn't make sense. Um, but that's just how they did it. So I'm still having fun. It's definitely the the hardest. Is that right? Like the most difficult game, I think. Yeah. Like I find myself just getting killed all the time, like oh, yeah. frustratingly so. Um, but yeah, I, I still think it's a good game. Uh, we'll see how many people stick with it once Warzone drops, though. Truth. <laughs> And after it uh, now needs to compete with God of War here in the next couple of days. Correct. Yes. Yeah, but that's for like a week. And yeah. then everybody will be on to something else. Yeah, everybody will beat it. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be back. Do, do we want to do uh, Bayonetta? Yeah, I'd love yes, to do Bayonetta. Tell me, here. tell me. I think I've played like four or five hours. How about you? About the same. Okay. About the same. Okay. I got past, and I'm not sure where you are. I'm kind of past the first. I want to say kaiju battle. Yeah. Okay. 
Yep. Uh, that's that's where I'm at with the game as well. I feel I feel like I'm at least four or five hours into the game. Um, mm-hmm. now I'm a bit more fresh from the Bayonetta series. I just sure. played one, two, and three all this year. Um, I know Craig, you've played one, two, and then you know now you're on three here over a wider time span. Mm-hmm. Overall, Bayonetta three is great i i love it i i love bayonetta yeah. 3 it is <laughs> it it is so, so much fun we both want like this yeah. yeah uh uh like for me and my roommate already finished bayonetta 3 and he did, he likes bayonetta 2 more mm-hmm. than 3 one i think you you said her name is jennifer hale right yeah fantastic job as the voice actress for she bayonetta sounds close. I, yep she sounds really close um, she, I think nails just the sass that Bayonetta sure. gets. The only problem I have with Bayonetta three is not with Bayonetta three. It's with the console it's on. This game deserves so much more than 4K. what the switch can provide it. Yep. And the switch is a great system, but I can't tell you how much there are. Like I can see the 1080 pixels in some of these things and <laughs> yep. and Bayonetta will look like really funny at, at from a really zoomed out portion of things. This series deserves so much better than being stuck on the switch until switch releases a 4k system and they release a 4k version of Bayonetta three like that. Okay. That is what I truly believe. I think the combat system's great. I love the demon slave system, especially if you know how it works, you can, control your demon and have it make hits and you're also out of demon and you're like demon slave mode and you're going and hitting people like it is such a fun chaotic thing about it and i'm just waiting for craig to tell me how bad bayonetta 3 is now all right so i'll give you this 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 plays better for the video but i'll do this first and then and then i'll say you ready this is my opinion on bayonetta 3 i'm so bored Really? Oh my yeah. god, it's so boring. Oh man. I don't Why hate it, it but it's it's so boring. Oh my god, the intro goes on forever. Um <laughs> it makes no sense. Not that Bayonetta makes sense, but it my never, god. This yeah. this game is even less sense. Um Here's the thing. I know what Bayonetta is. I love Bayonetta 1 and 2. Um it's one of the very few types of like I don't know how you say it. Like it's not an anime game, but like, it's kind of like the out there style that I can get down with, but whatever it is about this story, I just, I'm not vibing with at all. Um, I will say that like, it's, I feel like it's starting to get better, but like those first couple hours were just like, I was so bored. Um, And I didn't, I didn't want to do this, skip the cutscenes because they are important in a Bayonetta game. But um, I don't know, Barry, like the prologue that like you start the game and it's like a decent, I would say probably 10, 15 minute cutscene. And then you walk and then it's another cutscene and then you fight three guys and then it's another cutscene cut and then you fight another three guys and then it's the end of the prologue. And I'm like, all right. That was a lot, but it's the prologue. Then I go to the first mission and that I'm like, all right, I'm ready for like the more open style of Bayonetta I'm used to. Like, here's your level. Go do your thing, which they do. And you go and like 
I fight, I go into like, oh, there's an arena. I see it coming, right? I know there's going to be guys there. Go in and fight them. And then it does a little checkpoint where you get your coin for how you did. Um, and then cutscene. <laughs> it's just yes. so many cutscenes. My God. And it's not even like, I don't, I just don't find them interesting at all. Um, they're funny, which they should be, but like they could have condensed it. And I think I'd be happier. I'm still going to play through it because like I said, where I'm at now, after that first big battle where you see the other Bayonetta, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, now we're starting to get to what I want from a Bayonetta. Um, but yeah, I, that intro was just not good to me at all. Those first, like, was it like three or four missions? Oh my God. (laughs) So boring. Yeah. And I will, I will say the John super spy missions are like, I can see where the fun is supposed to be with them. Maybe if I maybe if I felt like more fluidity and I get better at it, maybe it I'll feel better as it with the game mode. But the first time I went through, I was really confused as yeah. to what I was doing because um, they this little snippets of info they give you. I don't feel like is enough to really prepare you for what you're going to be doing in this completely separate game mode in yeah. a way from Bayonetta. So that's that's just something to think about. But yeah, for me personally, um and maybe it's just because i'm fresh with it i that's a that was a weird sentence to say from me a white boy so you fresh with it you fresh with it i'm fresh fresh with the series but i i still enjoyed it i still enjoyed the beginning i thought it was a lot of like it it definitely feels longer um i will say i do appreciate the higher production value where it's Mm -hmm. not just a clock ticking and it's still pictures and them talking Everything sure. is cut scened out. I believe. Oh, okay. Yep. I believe probably I the reason that. it feels slower is because we're getting like these cut scenes where it's not just clockwork and people talking to each other th- yeah. uh, through the clockwork scene. The cut scenes, I think, take a little bit longer to set up. So I, I, I see I see your complaint in there. Uh, but how do you feel about the combat system, though? Like everything else is good. You well, do, the combat you feels good. Yeah. I just wish they'd let me do more of it. That's like my thing is like I need that's what we're here for. Like the Bayonetta combat's great. And being able to bring in the demons in the middle of your combo is cool. I'm like switching between my normal guns and that big gigantic cannon. I'm like, this is cool. Like I I like being able to switch back and forth, get these huge combos going. But I just don't feel like they give you enough. It's so like, all right, fight these six things. All right, cool. Now we're going to show you this cool thing bayonet is going to do that has to be a cutscene because you wouldn't be able to do that in game and then uh all right now you're on top of the boss now fight this boss for a couple minutes and and then all right now back to the cutscene it just it's not enough for me at at the moment i know we've kind of gone away from it but do you think maybe a q maybe qtes yeah would maybe would, be a bit more help. yeah, yeah. Would at least feel a bit more a part of the action i guess because yep. like for them, really, the only QTE you get is being told to jump yeah. or mash a button, a particular yep. button in order to, you know, maximize whatever rings or soul things you're getting from these homunculi demons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Story is a little bit confusing. I'm waiting for it to come together here. Uh, it's at, all over the place. It, it is. <laughs> and I I think that's on purpose, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Like overall, though, like I'm just having so much fun with Bayonetta like it, this. And like I remember when 
Craig let me borrow Devil May Cry 5 and I mm-hmm. beat it in a weekend. Like this, these combat hack and slash games are just so much fun to play because, you know, you're having fun and it's rewarding you for how well your combo's doing. When I get a pure mm. platinum, I'm like, <laughs> F yeah, I did. Yep. Like <laughs> yeah, when yes. I, when I dodge everything, like I know it, I I'm like pure platinum, give me pure platinum. So yep. it's, it's, it's fun. I, I, yeah, I enjoy the, yeah. those bits of the game uh, the most. It's definitely the combat and definitely the, uh, like the rewarding system for it. The, the little sidebars about everything to where we have, you know, like find the three animal type things. Like they want you to spend more times in the map. I don't know. I just get frustrated because I'm always missing one. I'm only yeah. missing one of them in every single one. It's like, how did I miss that? Like yep. I, I scout, I scour these maps for, <laughs> for these missing gemstones. And it's like, and I I'm can't not, find it. I'm just bull rushing through them. <laughs> I yeah. gave up. I was like, you know what? Like I, same with you. I'd be missing one. I'm like, you know, what? I just don't care anymore. I just don't, <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to go through it. I will say though, like Craig for you, you'll love it. I don't think yeah. there's any issue. I'm sure you'll have a blast with it. This is just everybody knows what I like in a game. And like, for whatever reason, Bayonetta has always been great to me and it probably shouldn't have been, but just something about those games has always been like, yeah. So I I think I was just expecting a little bit more. And maybe once I get through it, because I'm going to beat it, um, maybe it starts picking up. I'm going to be like, all right, this is what I wanted. I just, you know, maybe the intro is just a little slow for my take. Definitely excited to play it. Yeah, uh, that was it for you. Yeah, that was it for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, the only other thing I have was Gotham Knights, um, and and Craig, you played a little bit more too. I did beat it. Um, I was surprised that like the main storyline, the main case, um, it's like numbered right, like one point whatever. There's only eight, um, so it's not that long. I think if you were to mainline just the just the case, the main story to get through it, I bet you it would be ten hours, if that maybe less. Um, my characters were level 30 when I finished. I don't know what the max is, but I didn't get the achievement for max. So it's higher than 30. Um, I like the story a lot. I like where they went with it. I thought it was cool at the end. Very cool. Uh, I had a blast and I was determined to get through it before God of war. And I did with plenty of time to spare. It was just, it was shorter than I thought it was going to be when I first started. Cause I was like, Oh my God, there's so much going on. But mm-hmm. I got through it. So I did all the the side villains, did every single one. Um, the only thing I didn't do was like the side stuff with the watch, which is literally like, all right, go beat up 10 of this guy. I was like, I, yeah. I'm not I'm not doing that. Um, but I did the main side stuff. And I honestly think that this might this might sneak on my top 10 this year. I think it might. You don't say. Yeah, it was. I was surprised how much fun I had with this game. What do you think, though? How far along are you now? Uh, so my issue is that I am. I keep doing missions like the one you skipped. I mean, <laughs> I do like ones? a lot of the side stuff too. But like, I keep because like because you have the option of going out and just beating up guys and coming back and like not yeah. even completing a mission. Yep. There have been certain times where because you only get seven health packs to start and you really have to beat like other big people or like sure. important people to get more. There's certain times I ended a night short, mm-hmm. so to speak. So I think I'm really elongating this game for me. But I am after the second case, I'm on the third where you have the key. Sure. Or whatever. Yep. 
So I, now that you say that there's eight, it looks like I can really, cause like if, if you actually just do that, it seems like you can get through one in an hour, hour and a half, like yeah, they're each short. case. Mm -hmm. So technically I could get down and get through it, but it, it kind of revitalized itself for me because I think I got in such a rhythm with the combat and once you unlock all the fast travel points yep. and I really found out that Robin just is my guy. I think I was really, really making it. I was making it annoying for myself by going between Robin and Nightwing because you go backwards. Somebody yep. doesn't have something like they get experience collectively, but they don't get like other progression stuff or certain progression stuff collectively. Mm -hmm. But Robin's the, the stealth guy. He has bonuses when he does stealth. He has bonuses like after the facts, like if you get caught after doing like a stealthy grab and, and knockout. And I'm a stealth guy, you know, like I'm a Metal Gear Solid sure. guy. So like I I decided to put Nightwing down for good and I'm sticking with Robin. And I think that's helping me prog progress the story a lot more, to be honest. I think his uh, his knighthood, his m method of transportation is it's awful. Annoying. It's awful. It's annoying. I, I hate it. Used to it. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it's so bad. That's why I put him back. Yeah, I went yeah. back to Nightwing because of that. Yeah. But I made a point to get the knighthood thing for all four of them. So I was like, I want to see how everything works. And like, obviously, uh, Batgirl has the very same one as Batman, where she just uh, glides. Um, I liked uh, Nightwings, where he can kind of like hover up and down. That's cool. Yeah. The Robin one, I just didn't get. I was like, I don't it's understand. Stupid. It's like you teleport, but it doesn't quite like where I line it up isn't wherever where he goes. It's always somewhere else. I was like, yeah. I just couldn't. I just stopped playing as him because I was just like, this is annoying. Um, but it he felt annoying. good as stealth. He feels good. And I think Nightwing feels great. Bat Batgirl was like my favorite. I think she's great. Um, mm. Red Hood is the worst by far. Like Red Hood is the absolute worst. worst. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a great game, honestly. I think it's going to get overlooked, unfortunately. Yeah, it still has its small flaws and stuff, but yeah, I think it will. I mean, it's just stupid small things, you know, nothing it, crazy. It came out at kind of the wrong time. They should have released it a couple months ago, and I think it would have done better. But at this point in time, when you're trying to decide where to spend your money, it's it's. I don't think it's going to be Gotham Knights for a lot of people when God of War and Call of Duty and all these other games are out there. I just don't. It's going to get. But then again, maybe it's a game that's $20 two months from now. And everybody picks up and enjoys. So yes, and I'll feel like an idiot for buying it full price. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> same here. Yep. So that's going to be it for games this week. Unless, do you want to talk about uh, Mario Mario and Sparks of Hope thing anymore? I, I'd rather I'd rather finish it. I think I gave like a great outlook on it, like sure. these yeah. uh, past couple of podcasts, and I don't want to beat the dead horse, so to speak. So okay. All right. So that's going to be it for games this week. We're going to go into movies. And for me, I have a little announcement to make. Um, the James Bond marathon of movies is now on hold. Uh, hey, guess what? Guess what, Barry? What? I'm in the same boat as you because I started and did not realize that Amazon Prime was taking them off. <laughs> I'm mad at that. Me too. Very mad. Maybe Amazon they'll pop up somewhere else. Them. Amazon owns up. them. They how, do. How? What? Why? Why charge? Why? I, Why? I don't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I watched Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger. That's what I got through. 
See, the thing was, is I was trying to do one a week. So I watched Doctor. Okay. I watched Doctor No. I was yep. going to watch Casino Royale. Okay. Um, yeah. The older one. And then I went to go try to watch um, the the next one with Russia with Love. Yep. And it, it's I, they want to charge me for all of these. And I'm like, yep. no, <laughs> you're not charging me for all of these. I'm not, I, I'm not doing this. I started on Monday, you know, after we recorded. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it, too. And I started, and when I did Dr. No, the first one, and then I saw the little up in the thing, uh, will be off Amazon Prime in three days. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, why in the world would they do that? Uh, so crazy. But anyway, continue. What else did you watch? <laughs> um, the only other thing, so the only thing I actually watched this week was a Barbarian. movie called Wend- Wendell and Wild. Hey, that's a good one. On Netflix. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so, yeah, I have Dr. No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, and then the Roku original Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Yeah. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, so the only thing that I really have is, uh, I guess, Barry, you'll be excited about this, is I did finish Cyberpunk Edge hey. Runners. Finally. <laughs> so, I have not. I think last time we spoke i had 20 minutes left so it wasn't hard to do but i did get i did get through it it was a very important 20 minutes we've got there guys he's done it (laughs) yeah so that's primarily what i watched this week i really didn't get a a chance so uh so i want you because cyberpunk edge runners is the oldest thing that we're talking about here you go first then (laughs) what can i say um like certain other animated animes anamines come to mind <laughs> on netflix like death Road, death Road, death note death Road, yeah my favorite death, death Road, <laughs> yeah death Road, my favorite like death note or attack attack on titan when like i think the whole series was on there now it's really not this is insane man and it's like i'm still in love with the art style uh the characters you really like David. You really like Lucy. There's other people that like you like, like throughout the series, and but you get like that romantic side where you you're you know you're just rooting for him and such like that. Man, it's bloody. It's bloody, <laughs> and you like a lot of characters. I think no matter if they have five minutes of screen time or forty five minutes of screen time, they kill a lot of people. Man, like they kill. <laughs> They, they kill so many likable people in that game, in that, in that show that like by the end of it, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I need, I need like some type of therapy after this or something <laughs> because, because everybody has their own lane and how they represent the main story going on. So you got like the crew that David's on um, Maine is an amazing character at least to me, um, the idea that they of what they struggle with, with having that like cyber psychosis. So basically if you got too much on your grill and so many attachments on you that you eventually just lose your side of humanity and you, even with like a drug that you can take to like subside it, that battle is a very interesting wrapped around the entire full narrative of the show. Now, when you combine that with a very interesting art style and how they choose to transition between scenes, how they choose to show the many deaths on the show, hmm. 
um, and how they shoot, how they choose to show people who survive specific instances on the show. It just makes, it creates a world that made me at the end of it be like, I'm glad I don't live in it. <laughs> I'm really glad I got to watch this <laughs> as opposed to actually living it day to day because it, you know, like inner city life is way different than what I live. Now I live in a suburb type of scenario where I live, but like that city <laughs> And cyberpunk is insane. So overall, quite pleased with it. I mentioned those other two series because I wanted to show what a caliber I think it's on. Uh, I, I believe Attack on Titan is on a really high caliber. I believe Death Note is on a really high tal- caliber. And I know that Barry could tell me 10 others <laughs> that I should have already been watching that are on such a caliber as well. But I am truly happy that I watched it. There were at least 15 times in watching it that I wanted to play the game again. And I think everybody should take a peek, regardless of how you felt about the actual cyberpunk game. Wow. Take a peek. Watch the whole thing. It's not long. You know, it's good. It's yeah, but really how does good. it compare to Food Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't feel as turned on as apparently Food Wars is supposed to make me feel. I was just trying to compare to other greats in the anime genre, and obviously, Food Wars is held in such high, high regard as one of the greatest animes of all time that I wanted to see where it compares. That's all. Craig is a man of taste. <laughs> is what it is and if you've watched food wars it's taste in all sense of the word yes so yes all sense of i mean is it is it is it on par with food wars barry Barry, is is it as good as food wars if i enjoy food wars will i enjoy cyberpunk (laughs) no (laughs) cyberpunk is such a different animal in uh what yeah. in, in what like you, you want two different extremes of like anime that's that yeah you want yeah. the extreme yeah. serious it's cyberpunk edge runners if you want the extreme yeah. silliness and somewhat borderline you're not watching it with your kids or your parents in oh, the room for sure that's yeah. that's food wars especially the first two episodes <laughs> god that stuff is hilarious uh you're not you're not great laughing. You're, you're right. not laughing uh during cyberpunk edge runners like you are no, in food you're wars. not no no, you're not. So it, it all I depends mean, on what story you want to, you know, indulge in. Do you want serious or do you want to laugh and be slightly uncomfortable? I'm, if somebody yeah. is like, hey, I've never watched anime. What's a good example? Are you showing them cyberpunk or food wars? <laughs> cyberpunk. <laughs> cyberpunk. I oh, think and, and, food wars. Oh, side note, by the way. Oh, Barry, yeah. Sorry. The answer is both. Yeah. The answer is both. <laughs> yeah, the answer is both. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just have to tell you this before I forget. Rebecca is the best character, the short one. Yeah, Rebecca. Yeah, she's she, she's, she's she's so much fun. She's the best one. I just I, I would have forgotten that, and I never would have told you that in my lifetime because I know I would have forgotten that. But she's the best character. But yes, but um, food wars. <laughs> I was, I we're don't gonna know how s- that got in there, but it did. <laughs> we're we're gonna, gonna skip food wars. We're gonna skip food yep. wars, and we're going to me who watched Wendell and Wild. This uh, is my kid's favorite movie right now. Is it? Oh wow. I've seen it um, like twice already. <laughs> now wait, is is it like newer? Like I just noticed yeah. it. Or okay, cool. This came right. out. Yep. 
So Wendell and Wilde, a stop motion movie as well. So there, uh, a lot of production went into this. Has the mm-hmm. voice talents of Key and Peel. Also yeah, has a couple other voice talents that I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Uh, Wendell and Wilde, though, I genuinely really enjoyed and loved this movie. Uh, what it is, yeah. uh, pretty much, and I'm trying not to spoil it. You kind of have a troubled girl, like in most movies. Uh, the girl is troubled, been through the, you know, the, how, how do I put it? You can say it's not a spoiler. To, it's not a spoiler to say <laughs> death of her parents. Okay. So from it's the death of her parents, she starts to get yep. put through the United States uh, jail system through, you know, juvenile detention. Yep. And she finds her way to a school in which she is meant to sort of get straight uh, in a way uh, to kind of like fix her attitude and fix a lot of the stuff that's going on through a lot of things. You find out that she uh, she has a connection with uh, these two characters named Wendell and Wild. And for me. They are the star of the show, uh, but the story does not revolve around them. They're uh, demons. Yeah, they're demons. Yeah. Uh, Wendell and Wild, <laughs> like they are like and it's Key and Pill. They are very funny. And you can I, I do like that. They modeled the demons after their real life counterparts. You can tell which one's Key and which one's Peel <laughs> or Jordan. So um, like overall, though, like the production quality is really, really good on the stop motion movie. Um, I love these movies, and the moment I saw that the director of Coraline was uh, in was related into this in some way, I knew I had to watch it. And it isn't as dark as Caroline can be. Uh, yeah. It is definitely, I believe, more of a family-friendly stop-motion film from this director. Uh, but just overall, the message it sends the stop motion all of the voice acting i believe is really good and the effects are all good there like this is just overall a genuinely good movie genuinely yeah i think everybody should watch it it's it's done very well um okay so let me do the three james bond movies um i literally just because amazon did do a very good job of like organizing them (laughs) So I just like I Googled. I was like, what's the order? That exactly. I watch James Bond exactly. movies in. So I, the, I have to look up James Bond chronological yep. <laughs> order. So I yeah. just went with uh, the order they were released. Right. So that was Dr. No from Russia with Love and Goldfinger were like it was like 65, 1966, 1967, whatever, something like that. All Sean Connery. Cas- Casino what's Royale. Yeah, yeah. Was it the second yeah. one? Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. What I looked at said Casino Royale is the one I have to watch next. So that's why I went toward that. <laughs> so one. I have rewatched these three first three movies that Sean Connery did. Um, my thoughts on the movies are uh, what passed for acting then is laughable now. <laughs> it's so bad, um, but it's it's still an entertaining movie. They're not bad movies at all. Like I still think they hold up. They're entertaining enough, but like the way they write these movies, especially like the first one and a little bit of the second one, it's so ridiculous. Like you'll get like a line of dialogue and then it's like, okay, next scene, you know, it'll be like, we need to go here and scene. Um, (laughs) What I will say it does not hold up whatsoever is if you take these movies and release them now, Sean Connery as James Bond has committed about 75 acts of sexual assault. (laughs) <laughs> this man <laughs> um that has not aged well at all uh at all um straight up sexual assault 
right? <laughs> like that's just how James Bond was, uh, especially in the Sean Connery era, uh, the sixties, uh, the amount of times that I heard in those three movies where like, there's always the woman figure, right. With James Bond, where he'll be with somebody else and he'll be like, he'll like push him and be like, go away. The men are talking like that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> um, yeah, has not about. aged well in the least. Um, I think like they're still watchable today. Uh, besides that, like they're entertaining. The stories are fine, right? Like they're, they're pretty, some of them are pretty cool. Uh, it's just funny to go back and look at those and be like, man, I forgot how like bad they were towards all of the women in these movies, yeah. all of them. Uh, yeah. man, this was like, this movie's for the men see yourselves out women <laughs> you know like that yes. kind of stuff yeah. if you're looking for uh, like a yes. strong woman character in these movies oh. you're not gonna find it you are None. you None. are not gonna <laughs> find it at all right there was one oh man i i, I want to say it was in goldfinger i believe but like the one that the scene that stuck out to me the most was like it's at the very beginning and he's at this like retreat to get his like back fixed because it's it got hurt in the previous movie right so he, he has this lady who's like his masseuse or whatever she's working on his back and it's like this this dynamic that they have where he likes her but she's not interested and he literally like grabs her head to like force her to kiss him and i'm like oh my god this is like so yeah. bad uh yeah but i mean back I don't even, I'm not saying it's okay, but like back then that was right. Like that's how the movies went, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, it didn't like ruin it, but it, it kind of like you look at those movies a little bit differently now where you're just like, yeah, Geez. yeah, it, uh, you know? Um, but as far as like going through them, I was having a good time until Amazon decided to just <laughs> yank them off their service. Jeez, so just yeah. like you bear, I am now on hold because I refuse to pay. Um, and I'm not going to buy that huge box set either. I'm not doing that. Maybe uh, I asked for it for Christmas is my only hope. Like I'm, I don't want to buy it either <laughs> yeah. and I'm not spending my own money on no. it. So maybe someone buys no. it for me. No. I don't think they're good enough to warrant the purchase. Honestly, I, I like they're I a good agree. streaming movie. Um, but the other one I watched was weird. The Al Yankovic story. Um, for those who don't know this about me as a kid, I absolutely loved weird Al. Thought he was the greatest thing ever. All his parody songs were like, I could probably quote 95% of them. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm what there I, as well. What I enjoy about this movie is the fact that they have come out and said that they did zero research about his life. That's how Weird Al wanted it. It is not true at all. And it's the one of the funniest uh, comedy. It kind of reminds me of, um, was it a, uh, well, the big one for me is Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny. Yeah. Mm. Um, I love that movie, and this is kind of like that. Uh, the Dewey Cox story, Walk Hard. It's kind of like that. Oh, where it's, hard. Okay. it's like it's like that funny biography, but nothing is true um, yeah. at all. Oh, my God, this is hilarious. And the amount of people that cameo in this movie. Um, there's a scene specifically that Weird Al himself said that like there's this party scene, and he literally emailed everybody on his Christmas card list and said, hey, I would love to have you in this scene. And the amount of people that responded and came out to this one scene is insane. Um, so, yeah, if if you have I don't know if you do you have to have a Roku device to get the Roku channel. 
I don't know how that works. That's a tough question. Uh, and that also uh, kind of a tough question. <laughs> it, yeah. Like limits. I mean, I'm the sure there's the amount of people yeah. that could see it. Correct. I tried looking that up and it seemed like you could download the app on certain other devices that weren't Roku. I just happen to have a Roku uh, device in my bedroom TV. So it works out. Um, yeah. If you do have one, it's completely free. Like that channel is free. So you don't have to pay anything for this movie, which is awesome. You just stream it. But man, I cannot recommend it enough. Even if you don't like Weird Al, it's just a great comedy. It's hilarious. So 100% check that out. All right, perfect. Uh, any other comments, concerns, or questions we want to put out there before we end the podcast here? God of War Week. God of War Week, God Sonic. War. Well, let's be honest. You all want to hear Sonic about Sonic Frontiers. I will take I God will take War. personally the Sonic Frontiers portion of things. That everybody who wants to hear about Sonic Frontiers, I am your go-to person. I'm trying to get I my hands on one. it as well. So I want to play it, but God of War is more important. God of War, Food Wars. Oh God! You know all the wars. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that was a good segue. I like that. It was. It was. <laughs> With that, guys, I do want to thank you for listening. If you feel so inclined, please make sure to review it on your podcast listening platform of choice and share it with friends or family that you think would like this podcast. If you're looking to uh, get in touch with us or be a part of the social, we have Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. And if you're looking to email us, we have high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking to just send us an email with any sort of question or anything like that. Other than that, I really hope everybody has a good weekend. I hope everybody gets to enjoy God of War in the most non-spoiler way possible yes. for anybody who's looking to, uh, looking for yes. it. Be careful of the reviews. That's what I'll say. If Like the reviews, I definitely more listened than watched for the most part. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel pretty still spoiler free on there, but uh, this game looks to be the net, the, the biggest thing to come out for gaming here. And I can't wait for nobody to be able to buy a PlayStation five to play it because everybody <laughs> right. will have already bought one to play this game. At least you can play it on PS4. Yeah, but I, you, you know what they haven't come out with yet? And I guess this is a little aside. I haven't heard anything about what the difference between the two games is because sure. we know with Forbidden West, they used a different camera system in Forbidden West on the PS5 version that allowed you to see more and, you know, have that kind of good graphics everywhere and everything like sure. that. So I want to see what the big difference is between there. I know IGN has a video. I'm not going to watch it because I'm afraid of spoilers. Nah, yep. not watching anything until. <laughs> <laughs> yep, not until until, it. Exactly. Thank you guys for listening again. You you guys enjoy. Bye. See ya. Bye.